0: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. This episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. On today's show, we're going to be talking about the latest NBA news, including player signings, players opting out of the bubble, positive coronavirus tests, and more. Let's start with the coronavirus testing, because right now that is the biggest topic around the NBA. So the Suns have reported that two players have tested positive from their team and also Nikola Jokic has tested positive for coronavirus and that's delaying his travel to the United States to rejoin the Denver Nuggets. And this is creating a big stir in the sports world as it should. Coronavirus is very real and it's very scary, but this is not cause for concern in, in terms of the NBA restart. This should have and it was expected. I've said it before that in this first two weeks after people report, we're going to see positive tests. Michelle Roberts of the NBA Players Association has said, we're going to see positive tests. That's the bottom line. These players have not been staying in their home locked up. Darius Baisley played in a rec league in Oklahoma City in front of a packed gym. Sheikos Alexander has been playing scrimmages with, with, with a few guys. It would not surprise me, and I hope I hope it doesn't, but it would not surprise me if Darius Baisley tests positive. Again, he played in the Skins League, which is a rec league that filled the filled the house for Trey Young. I'm sure there was just as many fans there to see Darius Baisley, maybe a little bit less, but still not social distancing, still inside in a small area. So that kind of tells you what these players have been doing. And I'm and I'm I'm not here to say if that's right or if that's wrong, but we knew there was going to be positive tests. So the time to freak out about the positive test is not right now in regards to the NBA. Now, if you want to move away from the NBA and look at the spikes happening around the world, that's a different story, around the United States at least. But in terms of this NBA landscape of things, we knew that players would test positive. And that's why they're reporting today. That's why they're having this period before they start games in Orlando to quarantine, to get a negative test, and these tests do not start to matter until about a week into Orlando. If they get to Orlando, if they get to Disney World, and they're quarantined for like a week, and we're still seeing all these positive tests, that's a bad sign. But until that point, this is just expected. On, everyone expected this. This is just what happens whenever you have a virus out there. And look, again, I'm not here to judge any players because anytime you step outside, even if it's to do something very essential, you're at risk. But the bottom line is Darius Baisley is not the only guy going out and playing basketball. Trey Young was out there, of course. His team's not going to the bubble. Terrence Ferguson wanted to go and play in that rec league, but something fell through. So, there's a lot of guys, and again, I mentioned Shea, who, who's been playing with a few guys that I couldn't really recognize in that in that video, but still playing full contact basketball in these times is uh, risky. So this was going to happen all along. I don't think that the tone should be set for, okay, this bubble can't work. The bubble is bursted. They're not going to make it to Orlando. No, n- nothing matters until we get to Orlando. Nothing. I, I don't see how this is even a conversation that some people are having, until we see positive tests inside the bubble, then the NBA's fine. Again, everyone, teams, players alike, prepared for this. They prepared for the uptick of, of positive tests once you come back, and then after that, you'll, you'll be on your way, you'll be in the bubble, and you'll be in control of what's going in and out, who's going in and out. That's all that you need to worry about here with the coronavirus testing is making sure you get down to Disney World and then from there, you do everything right inside the bubble, which we talked about before. So I think that, you know, people kind of looked at this first wave of people getting positive tests and I don't think it's over. I don't think it stops with two players in the Suns and Jokic. I think we're going to see a lot more. I wouldn't be surprised to see people from the Thunder test positive. But this is not going to alter the NBA's plan. It's not going to alter um, the Disney World experience. It's not going to do anything like that until we get to Disney World. Now, again, that's not saying that the NBA is out of the woods. That's not saying that it couldn't cancel the season. If we get to Disney World and in the first week, we've gotten three positive tests and it's spreading around the bubble, then yeah, it's over. It's totally over at that point. But until we get to the bubble, we knew this would happen. And I don't think that this means that the bubble cannot work. Because the alternative is to not being in a controlled environment and we're seeing what's happening whenever these players are not in a controlled environment. I don't think it's any more risky no matter what you do. If you go to the bubble or if you stay doing your own thing. Because we have those built in, we have those built in quarantine days, both whenever team whenever you return to your team facility, and whenever you go to the Disney World bubble. To account for this, and that's not to say that this season can get canceled. I want to reiterate that real quick. That that's not to say that this season is going to go off without a hitch. The NBA is not free and clear just yet, but this initial wave of testing should not freak anyone out to think that basketball will just be canceled. They're not going to do that. And really, there's not a number that would cause that to happen. I don't think that the number of positive tests before you get to Disney World even matters. I don't think the caliber of player that tests positive before you go to Disney World even matters. As long as no one is in critical condition then this is par for the course. The only bad optic would be is if a player does come back and he is now in critical condition. That would be a a terrible luck for the NBA, and that would probably cause them to not go to to Disney World, obviously. But short of that happening, this is all expected. This is all just par for the course for the NBA. So don't let the three positive tests as of the time I'm recording this, do not let that discourage you from the NBA returning. And you can look at what's happening in Florida right now with their uptick in cases. And you can say, well, I still don't believe that these players will take those precautions in the bubble. And we can have a different conversation. But as far as this in an isolated incident, these three tests positive, this is not going to be the reason that this season gets canceled or not. This was totally and absolutely expected from everyone involved from the NBA PA, the NBA ownership, the league itself even media, that this was totally expected from anyone who is seeing what's happening right now, just in the world, where we're seeing what players are doing on social media. We're seeing how contagious this virus is. We expected positive tests. And I, I would expect some from Oklahoma City too. Now, again, who knows if that actually happens. You could get lucky and not get it. And I hope that no one gets it around the NBA. But this is all expected. I want to take a quick time out and tell you that the Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. And that's why we, the host, are making personal donations to local and national organizations to fight for change. And in the month of June, the Lockdown Podcast Network is matching our donations for an additional $10,000. To make your own donation alongside of us, please visit lockdownpodcast.com slash Black Lives Matter. I want to tell you about our good friends over at RockOtto.com. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. 20 years ago, a lot of you still had dial-up internet. A lot of you had no idea how to even send an email. You could have been buying auto parts online. And with the increasing number of makes and models and manufacturers, it's impossible to get everything you need from a chain auto parts store. That's where RockAuto.com comes in. You can get right to the point, find the parts that your car needs, and skip the upcharge you can save a ton of money 30 50 even 100 percent. you can save at rockauto.com rockauto.com right now tell them that lockdown sent you they'll know what to do from there that's an amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com
1: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama
0: So I wanted to jump into some NBA news here in the second segment of the day, and let's start with the players opting out. Now, the deadline uh, to opt out, it's a soft deadline. Obviously, players have the right to opt out whenever they choose. I mean, I'm sure they can leave the bubble even and say, I'm not coming back. So this is a soft deadline. This is kind of a courtesy deadline for the players to say, look, tell tell the teams if you're going to play or not. That way they can plan their roster accordingly. So, uh, Davis Bertans of the Washington Wizards has opted out of the bubble. He's an impending free agent. He's had a phenomenal year. He was in line to get some big money. And even with the uh, projected economic collapse of the NBA, I would still expect Bertans to get a lot of money because you're you're always going to need a player like him. You're always going to need a shooter. You're always going to need someone who can provide that kind of offense for you. I'm not sure if it's going to be in Washington, but he's going to get paid still. And so for him, why would you risk an injury in these eight games for a team like the Wizards who, let's take a step back here, the best-case scenario for the Washington Wizards, the absolute best-case scenario that can happen in Orlando is you play these eight games, you fight hard enough to get to the play-in, you beat the eight seed twice, you then become the eight seed, and then you get swept by Milwaukee. So for Davis Bertans, you're looking at a huge payday or getting absolutely positively destroyed by Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'll take the money. Best case scenario, you get to play four playoff games. Worst case scenario, you get hurt and it it hurts your future earnings. I'll take the money every day of the week. I do not blame... Berton's one bit for doing this. And even the Wizards were like, yeah, man, we get it. Just, just go ahead and opt out. They were fully supportive of him, and it sounded like they didn't even want him to play, which is hilarious to me. Of Like, even, even the Wizards' owners and, and management and coaches, like, yeah, we know we're not going to do anything. Just go ahead and opt out. Trevor Ariza of the Portland Trailblazers is also opting out, although his opt-out is due to custody battles with his ex-wife regarding their child sad situation there. I mean, under normal circumstances, obviously Trevor Riza would not have to make this decision because no one expected them to be playing basketball on July 30th, obviously. Uh, So, you know, it's sad for him uh, in terms of the basketball decision, but in terms of a life decision, he made the totally correct point. It's sad. You know, I'm saying it's sad because it's sad that they couldn't work it out to where, you know, for, for this unforeseen circumstances, maybe you can change the visitation. Although, I'm not going to get into whatever could be going on in their personal life but I think he made the right decision I think that everyone has respected his decision I think that you should continue to respect that decision to opt out to be with his child the NBA also agrees to an insurance policy with the NBA PA this is something that young players fought for um, on that conference call that heavily debated conference call that kind of got overlooked to where guys like you know Jason Tatum and Brandon Ingram uh, you know these young players, who are in line to get that big max contract, that big payday, that first big payday? They're in line to get that, and what happens if they go to these eight games and get hurt? There's no protection there, and you don't get the you don't get the payout. And one thing that got thrown out there was, hey, what if we just let you sign the extension before you go to Orlando? And I think that that's a good idea. It obviously did not work out that way because uh, we're just going to do the insurance policy. I think that this is better though. I think that the insurance actually helps the players more because there's a lot of restricted free agents who actually get more money from other teams before returning to the team that drafted them, the team that owns the rights. Obviously you saw that with, um, you know, the, the Kings have, have always offered a restricted free agent, a lot of money forcing the team that, that wants to retain him the max. I think Zach, Zach Levine got paid a ton of money um, by one of these teams. I think, I think it was the Kings actually, uh, and, and the Bulls had to match it. So you see in restricted free agency, a lot of teams say throw Brandon Ingram a max and force the Pelicans to give him a max. Whereas if, if Brendan Ingram does not have that leverage, maybe the Pelicans can lowball him, although I think that the Pelicans will happily give Brandon Ingram a max contract. But just using that as an example to where if you force them to agree to a contract before the bubble started, and that would be their only way of protecting themselves, that that would really hurt a guy like Brandon Ingram or anyone on a restricted free agent deal because you can always get a little bit more money in the open market because these other owners and these other GMs know, hey, they're going to match this because they want this guy so bad, but let's just force them to pay this guy more money. And if they don't, we still feel comfortable signing this deal and we get a good player. So I think that that's something uh, that the NBA kind of gave the players the best of both worlds. You get the insurance and then you still get to keep Uh, your leverage with the restricted free agent contract. So I like this a lot and it's good for the players. I'm sure that it doesn't, I'm sure it doesn't relieve all the burden of these eight games, all of the fear, I should say of these eight games. But I think it maybe goes a long way in doing that for these players that haven't gotten, you know, their, their big, big payday yet. So obviously the NBA opened up their transaction window over the last couple of hours here. And so far, we haven't gotten any news on Lou Dort or any news on the Thunder. So, if you're listening to this and news has come out since now, then you'll know why. But as of right now, the only the only signings we have are Corey Brewer, former Thunder legend, Corey Brewer, signing with the Kings. And the Rockets just signed David Nwabe. Now, he is still recovering from an Achilles injury, so he will not play for Houston in this extended you know, season, he will not play in the bubble because he's still recovering from that Achilles injury. Uh, So this brings a bridge to the next point of that, you know, teams can still use this to make moves for the future. And this is not only going to finish out this season, this contract, but it's also going to have a team option for 2020-2021 season. So the Rockets can kind of view his rehab progress and, and see where he's at and see if they want to, you know, keep him around for next season. But he will not play whenever we return in Disney World. For Corey Brewer, you know, it's an interesting signing, I guess. I mean, I think that he can provide some energy. Maybe he can have another random 50-point game, you know, in in the bubble in Sacramento. But it doesn't really move the needle for me. I'm not really jacked up if I'm a Kings fan for this because I just don't see the Kings doing anything. I mean, even if they make this run and they get to the play-in game, I don't see them beating the Grizzlies, and I don't see them overtaking the Grizzlies in that play-in series. So it seems like what we talked about on Monday. It's a move to make a move. It's a move to um, get another guy in your roster. It doesn't really change your outlook whatsoever. DeMarcus Cousins is a guy that could change an outlook, uh, depending on his health, of course, and a few teams have expressed interest in him, and he has not turned down or, or shut the door on returning this season in the bubble, signing with the team and playing this season. Now, it would be unlikely, and he has mentioned that, you know, he would love to not do that, and he would like to, you know, continue to rehab that way he can come back fully healthy finally next year. I know for him it's been a a just awful rehab process, and it feels like he just gets setback after setback, and you really have to feel for him because he was playing such great basketball in New Orleans whenever these injuries first started. And now we're here today, and he still has not put together a season because of that injury in New Orleans, and it was what three, four years ago now. So, I think that for the right situation, he would play in Disney, and he said as much. But I think that the ultimate goal and the ultimate, the ultimate, you know, decision for him, the ultimate want for him, is to not play and to just rehab and but cling on to a team, and that brings you to where all thirty teams are involved in this transaction window. It goes until the thirtieth. All teams can sign players, even if you're not going to the bubble. So really, this kind of can be Demarcus Cousins kind of gauging where he's going to be at in free agency. Uh, he can, you know, sign with the team that way. He locks himself into a deal next year whenever he hopes to be fully healthy. So I hope for him that he gets signed. We'll see if it makes an impact on the bubble. I think if he's fully healthy, it could. I, I think he's that kind of talent, and obviously he will not be an All Star level player that he once was. Probably won't even be a starter like he once was, but coming off your bench, I think that he can make an impact in a couple of playoff games to where it can really maybe even, you know, turn a series. So I hope for his sake, he gets to play. Uh, but ultimately, Cousins have to do has to do what he has to do for the future. E- even if, you know, the Bucks want him or the Lakers want him or the Clippers want him, he has to remember that, you know, he could really do damage to his future career by going to the bubble and getting hurt again. And I think that he realizes that. I think that he acknowledges that. So, but for his sake, I hope that he gets whatever he wants out of this whole transaction window. But it was interesting hearing his name floated around there with several teams interested in him, because to me, I I always looked at it as something that fans would think about. But in reality, why would a team, why would a team do that to themselves right before the bubble? Why would they bring in DeMarcus Cousins? Uh, Because he's a injured player rehab, and you're not sure how it's going to work out and you know we say that it's a month away which really is not a lot of time but you think about the time we sign you got to sign cousins you got to get him to your facility how many practice days do you have left after that at that point to see if he's in game shape to get him ready for those 8 games to see if he jails with your team and then those 8 seeding games are going to go by like a blink of an eye can he play back to backs it sounds like every team will have one back to back how does his rotation work it just seems like it's too much too soon for DeMarcus Cousins. So I never really took stock into him joining the bubble. But that idea is not closed off completely by him or the NBA. So we'll see where they land on that. The last bit of NBA news is the Knicks interviewing Mike Brown and Jason Kidd. You know, I'm interested to see what Mike Brown can do, you know, in the sense of I don't think he's your forever hire. I don't think he's your guy. But I think that he's learned a lot uh, from his last stop but i think that he can really become the stopgap coach. He's not going to be your championship winning coach. He's not he may he might not even be your playoff winning coach, but he can be a guy to change the culture and to start laying a different foundation to where when these guys are ready to win, then you oust him and 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 bring in a great coach. Jason Kidd i just think is a disaster as a head coach, but we'll see how that all pans out, of course, and I bring this up because the Knicks are important to the Thunder. Leon Rose and Chris Paul have a great relationship. They, The Knicks have been in on Chris Paul since he got traded to Oklahoma City. So the the next coaching hire actually means a lot for New York. I have a whole podcast talking about how if they hire Tom Thibodeau, I think that that fully signals that the Knicks will go all out to get Chris Paul because Tom Thibodeau is not a coach that you just sit around Uh, and develop guys with, you're ready to win if you hire Tom Thibodeau. I'm not so sure if Mike Brown and Jason Kidd put you in that I'm ready to win category. I don't think that they do. Uh, But this is going to be interesting to monitor how the Knicks handle their coaching situation, and it will affect the Thunder. Again, if you hire a win-now coach, you need win-now players. And a great win-now player is Chris Paul. As we've seen, what he's done with this letter team that had a 0.2% chance of making the postseason and is now the five seed. Really, they should be the four seed if they got to play that last game before the coronavirus shutdown. So after the break, we're going to talk about some Oklahoma State news on a Thunder podcast. We'll get to that in one second. But first, I got to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar because Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code On, and save $10 off your first order. Built Bar is a fantastic product. They have so many flavors that you don't even know what to do with all of them. They're low-carb, low-sugar, low-calorie, but high in protein. Great for pre-workout, great for post-workout. They're also fantastic as a meal replacement. You can use them as breakfast, and it will fill you up for the entire morning. It is a great purchase. You should go do that right now. Go to billbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off that first order. I love the banana nut bread flavor. I also love any flavor with peanut butter because that 100% chocolate on the outside is just phenomenal. I will say that it truly is like eating a candy bar. It's not hard to get down. There's no bad aftertaste like most protein bars. So I cannot recommend Built Bars enough. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On. Get ten dollars off that first order.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So I wanted to end the show with some Oklahoma State news, and that is the fact that Cade Cunningham has elected to stay with the Pokes despite the fact that Oklahoma State has been banned from the tournament next year. And this is interesting for the Thunder because as a team with 15 future first-round picks with a lot vested in next year's draft with a team looking at maybe tanking next year and a lot of people wanting the Thunder to tank next year and wanting the Thunder to draft Cade Cunningham next year. Uh, this is very important uh, that he stays with Oklahoma State. And yes, it is an advantage for Sam Presti and the Thunder to not have to travel very far uh, to see Cade Cunningham. I, I think that really if we see games get played next year in college basketball and there's still some, you know, health concerns. You might not want to send your scouts all over the country whenever you can watch every game on TV, but so getting to look at at Cade at at Stillwater will be a good asset for the Thunder. Uh, but more than that, I think that staying in college is going to be the best way to evaluate players. I know for Cade Cunningham, he's a talented guy. He could go to that G League um, that, that new G League team that's paying these high school players to forego college, I think that for for exposure and for evaluating players, you're going to get a much better sense of what they can do playing in college rather than playing in the G League against some washed-up you know former NBA veteran. That, that's just my take on, on the whole G League process. I think that that G League process can work eventually. I think that it's, it's getting a little bit too far ahead of themselves whenever you consider the limited number of games that they're going to play. They're, they're not playing that many games at all, uh, and who, the competition of those games, I don't see how, you know, they're going to get better. Now, they might get better coaching, for sure might get better coaching, but I don't see how they're going to get better evaluations out of that than, say, Cade Cunningham going to Lawrence, Kansas, you know, and, and taking on the Jayhawks. I, I don't see uh, how we're going to learn more from that. And then selfishly, from a fan standpoint, if the Thunder were to draft Cade Cunningham, you would have seen 30 games of him playing college. I'm not sure, you know, the television side of that G League team, uh, you know, the G League high school team. I'm not sure what games will be on television, but will you even remember to tune in if they are on television? You're going to remember to tune in for Cade Cunningham. I mean, he's a great player no matter what school he goes to. He's a great player. So the fact that he stayed in college is the biggest point. But also for the Thunder, staying in Oklahoma is good because it's easier to get to him and evaluate him in person. Uh, but also, I, I think that staying in college, though, is the biggest is the biggest thing of all of this because again, the evaluation is going to be so important these next few years for the Thunder. If they want to be good again, if they want to be a team uh, and they want to build a a core like they built last time, it only goes through the through the draft. That's it, all you can do is draft talent from here on out. The, the days of Personally, the days of, you know, making these big splashes in the trade market, you know, getting a Paul George, getting a Carmelo Anthony, the, the, the days of doing that are gone. That ship has sailed. Now it's time to reset and grow through the draft, and Cade Cunningham really marks that. He's a guy that, that I would love to have in Oklahoma City and pair along Shea. Uh, obviously, a lot has to go your way, including ping pong balls, which is always um, interesting that the NBA chooses to have that lottery system in place. Uh, so... Ultimately, we're not sure how this affects the Thunder yet, but it is worth noting that Kate Cunningham Alexis stay in college. I think that that's the biggest deal—not really that it's staying in Oklahoma State, uh, but that he's staying in college. Because I do think, honestly, that that will be easier to evaluate as we move forward here until the the G League gets a lot more high school talent. And I think that they will. I think that the G League is not going to fail because I think that a lot of the guys that go to Australia, like a Terrence Ferguson, like an RJ Hampton and an, a, a Lamelo Ball, I think a lot of those guys will shift over and just go to the G League instead. But the competition is just not there yet for Cade Cunningham. I think it'll be much better off. It'll be much better off in college. Hopefully, we can get a college season in the books here, uh, and there's no second wave, and you know college uh, athletics can go off without a hitch. But it is good to see Cade Cunningham staying in Oklahoma State and staying in college basketball. That wraps up this episode of the Lockdown Thunder Podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. You can go check out the Hollinger and Duncan podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network right now. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Thunder. What a perfect ending.
1: To a historic day. Hey prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music.